0: So, fight fans, it's the um, Rolling with the Thunder podcast. Um, it's Spencer. We've got a guest here today. Silas this is the first podcast. Um, we're talking about one one sixty one, Pat Morakot versus Tao and chai and uh, one Amazon Prime two, which is the Angela Lee card. But we're not talking about that because, like, fuck MMA. This is a kickboxing and Muay Thai podcast.
1: Yeah. So, before we get into the card, Spencer, like, what, what what is it that you that you're looking to do with this podcast? Just talk about kickbox? That's great. We need more people talking about the kickbox.
0: Mm-hmm. More about kickbox, more about Muay Thai. Um,
1: I hope that this can be a good podcast for like uh, MMA fans who, or you know, fans of other combat sports who might have an interest in kickboxing or Muay Thai, but obviously these are incredibly... Uh, impenetrable sports that are really confusing and hard to follow. So uh, that's why I really wanted to get you involved with the site because you know fucking everything about J-Kick. So uh, yeah, th- things can be really good to have someone who can kind of yeah, l- let people know about uh, what what the big matchups are on the horizon that people should be looking out for if they want to really start getting into the pure striking arts.
0: There's not much representation for like English kickboxing to get into it um or english speakers to get into japanese kickboxing and muay thai um so i think this is a good opportunity to open it up a little bit especially to mma fans since they're so like
1: um since all mma fans want is kickboxing anyway you know people spend like three hundred dollars to go to a ufc event and then boo as soon as somebody gets a takedown like just 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 watch people punch and kick each other but who are actually fucking good at it it's sick
0: yeah, just watch the kickbox and you'll get everything you want they're so woven together that you might as well just watch kickboxing but they can't find it
1: okay you want to get into the cart yeah let's talk about it cool. uh, i guess we're going to be talking about the fights in a super weird order <clears throat> Because we're focusing on the cool striking stuff and the stuff that matters, and one do a weird thing where they just like spread it all over the place between a bunch of different cards. Uh, so we should talk about the fights that are cool, and
0: we're going to talk about the good stuff first. And then there's like a heavyweight tournament that's going on as well, so we're going to talk about the fat boys last. Um,
1: You're going to talk gonna... about the fat boys. I, I haven't seen any of these guys. <laughs>
0: There's not much to say. They're fat. They're not good. Um, I was thinking of starting with Pet versus Tawa. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Pesh Moraka, of course, a uh, pretty long standing 70 kilo Muay Thai champion in uh, one championship. Uh, kind of slightly out of his prime for a tie, but still a really solid fighter who has been mostly dominant in the organization. Like had a win over Georgio Petrosian that got uh, overturned due to complete bullshit. They're afraid of Muay Thai, is what it is. Yeah, even even though they have specific Muay Thai divisions and sign all these guys, but, but but you know they they just really wanted Georgio Petrosian to fight Yeltsin Klein, and then Yeltsin Klein got knocked out anyway. Anyway, but that but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, Perchmarcot obviously a very good fighter. Um, yeah, do you want to get into uh, yeah kind of Petch's style?
0: Sure. Um, So Pet really likes his jab. It's one of his most present uh, tools in his game, as well as his left kick. Um, With his jab, he really likes to probe, um, looking to bait out counters, getting reactions, stuff like that, and then building his offense off of the jab based off of your reaction. Um, A good example of that is the second Petrosian fight, which he lost, but it was still a really good fight. Um, There was basically like the same sequence that happened like throughout the entire five rounds where uh pet would throw his jab Petrosian would try to respond with like a left hook um then pet would lean back and throw a hook of his own and then Petrosian would throw a leg kick off of that and then that was the first exchange and then it would build from there um pet would throw the jab again um Petrojan would respond with a cross this time, and then uh, it was faster because he already knew what was coming. And then, uh, again, Pet throws that lead hook. But uh, then he throws a a throwaway jab after that and then throws a left body kick off of that and lands it, Um, which just shows how quickly he learns. Um, And that's a big staple of his style is he'll try things out a lot to get your reactions and figure out how he can build from there, um, also against Jimmy Viano, uh, he was getting his left body kick punished quite a bit. Um, just by getting it caught was the biggest thing. He couldn't build off of his leg or his uh, body kick. So instead of Pet just not using one of his most present tools, he continued to throw it, uh, trying to find offense and stuff, and he didn't really. Uh, he ended up winning, or I think he ended up winning that fight, yeah, but uh, yeah, which is kind of weird, I thought it was a draw, you think it's a draw but he never ended up solving it, but he continued throwing it, which I think is uh, an important thing to look with with Pet, is he's he's insistent if you're if he's not finding that much success, he's going to push the pace on you uh, and even against somebody like Petrosian, he Pushed into Petrosian's guard um, to find elbows and, or not elbows, uh, knees rather, um, and found success there, as well as finding success throughout the entire fight
1: with his left kick. Jimmy Vigneault had a fantastic performance against Petch, where like he really, he was really able to disrupt Petch's rhythm by like you know, uh, shutting down that left kick pretty much every, every time Petch was kicking into the close side because uh, Jimmy Vigneault was also a southpaw. He he would just scoop the leg and just and just throw a patch on his ass, and yeah, uh, yeah like you say, he, he he never he, he doesn't particularly find a way of throwing the kick that doesn't get it caught, but he, he he like gets a lot more consistent about still landing it well and not letting himself get swept, even even if uh Vignola is, is still catching it, and he also just starts. Giving Vigno less opportunities to like counter and and disrupt his rhythm because he just starts really aggressively pressuring, just constantly staying in range, and like aggressively countering, um, forcing uh, Vigno to throw first, and what, whatever he throws, just trying to fucking duke it and come back with a really hard right hook, which is how he got the knockdown that sealed the fight for him in the fourth round. It's an incredibly weird situation where one, score their Muay Thai on a 10-point must system, but they don't allow draws. And if you watch that fight and you score it on a 10-point must system, which I don't agree with scoring scoring Muay Thai on a 10-point must system, but that, that's also the you know conversation for another day. But if you watch that fight, there's literally no argument for it not for being anything other than a draw. It's like the clearest draw I've ever seen. For real. Um, but it's still one of those fights where you feel like you, uh, you feel okay giving it to Pets just because he's the one who kind of gets frustrated early and then finds his way into finding the biggest offense of the fight, even if he gets kind of stunted on for large portions of the fight.
0: Yeah. Going back to one of the biggest themes with um, Viano catching the leg kick is again with Pet looking for uh finding offense off of that and also trying to dissuade Viano. um, He starts throwing punches off of that. And um, then Viano basically catches onto that like immediately. Uh, And then he starts framing on Pet. And uh, that's where he would start tripping him there as well. Instead of just from range, he could also do it uh, close. And then... Pet works around that a decent amount, like getting around the frame to land punches and things like that. A lot of it they were standing both southpaw. And um that's where I think that's where the knockdown happens is when they're both in southpaw and then Pet uh paints a teeth, steps really hard on the inside of Vino, and then Vino can't uh move in the position that their enemy. I seem to remember
1: it was um it was just like I said. It was him constantly going for pull counters and yep. trying to make uh, Veneo like pay for putting himself out of position for throwing. And it was literally like uh, Venyo throws a lead high kick and Perch just like pulls back out of the way of it. And before like Veneo can really recover stance and he's still kind of squared up from following through on the high kick, he just uh, gets, gets clapped by a right hook. Yeah, uh, and then we have Town and Chai. Uh, absolutely, one of the like elite pound for pound talents in Muay Thai for the last few years now. Was it uh, twenty twenty? He was awarded Year of the uh, Fighter of the Year, something like that. Yeah. Something, yeah, yeah. Um, and recently made him made his way into one championship where he's just been an absolute wrecking machine. Um, uh, literally, in, apart from in his fight with a uh, Sitichai, who was of course uh, extremely experienced and tough and. One of the greatest kickboxers of all time, and that was a very close fight. So, like, I don't think much to take away from that. You know, being a recent loss on Townchar's record, um, it's just cool to see the, these guys. You you take them out of the stadiums and put them against a just slightly lower level of competition, and he's just like instantly finishing everyone like with ease. So that's cool, but but yeah, he's he's a really just like pretty technical fighter, really crafty with his kicks on the outside, really good at just like uh, constantly countering people on the way in, Uh, uh, really good ring craft and just positioning in general, just lightning fast round kicks and teeps. His jab is like not as versatile as Petch's. It's not like Petch has more of a boxer's jab, whereas Taonchai, it he just has like. It, it it's just something that he can keep uh in your face while he's like repositioning his feet, but he's really good at that way
0: yeah. with his hook yeah
1: uh and uh, yeah he he like will often lead with that hook to just like split the guard to uh like open the path for the straight left hand and he's like really good at finding short clinch offense. And just like nullifying people who want to clinch by just like disengaging with with offense before they really get into any extended clinch positions. Like, he's really good at just like finding quick counters on the way in or just catching you in the kind of transitional phases where you're trying to establish position on him. Just like while people are still trying to grab an underhook on him or just fucking grab the wrist on that side and just fold over with an elbow, like off of the same side. Stuff like that. It's really neat.
0: Yeah, I think um, another thing he has in his skill set is his cross. I think his cross is a little more varied than his hooks are. But his hooks can do damage, but it's more so for having something in your face and so he can move and get his footwork better and find success off of that. Um, His left body kick is probably the biggest issue for a pet. Um, the way he applies it is going to work really well, I think, against Pet.
1: It's great at landing it on southpaws as well.
0: Yeah, and it's great for counters. Um, if Pet's trying to enter range, Chai, thats one of the main things he uses—is that with that is countering your punches with that left kick. So I think Pet's going to attempt to work around that. Pet's going to push the pace, um, but it's going to get—it's going to be tough to get around. Tawanchai's teeth in his left body kick for Pet, because that was the thing he had against Petrosian as well. Petrosian was keeping him on the outside a lot um, by just stifling all of Pet's entries with that left kick. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, and one thing about the Sitachai fight was Sitachai applied a similar game plan to Tawanchai that he did with Superbon, where he's catching a lot of Tawa's kicks, and he was finding success. Um, with that, like openings and stuff like that. Closing the distance off of that. Um, getting Tao and Chai to the cage and then working off of that. Um, and Tao was was attempting to strike on one leg, but Sidichai was punishing him on, punishing him on that. That was something that in the Sidichai versus Superbond fight that he was having a a lot of success, especially in the first one. But then Superbond started working around that, using his frame uh, really good with that things like that, but I think they were more... Talenshi and Tsidishai were more similar height, I think. I, it's going to be a Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup, I believe. I think it's going to start with Pet um, throwing jabs and stuff like that, as he usually does, and then Talenshi, um countering off of Pet's buildup from that jab, and then Pet eventually will get more insistent on the clinch and things like that. Um, and Pet can be susceptible to Elbows, and Tao and Chai's got really fast and really scary elbows, but pet usually will work around that if he gets hit by one, he's like, "Okay, I need to watch out for this, so he'll usually do like um his left arm over your head and then his right arm under your arm and then around you like that, so on both both of one side um and then knee you from there, so it's gonna be interesting to see how Tao and Chai Works around that, for one. Pat's got really good defense. Yeah, I was so just going think... to
1: say, this whole fight is going to be uh, a highlight for defense from both guys, I think. Because uh, they, they're both <clears throat> incredibly defensively adaptable fighters. I really liked how yeah. against uh, Yodson Klai, uh, Marcotte was like... Um, like the commentary kept saying, "Oh, oh look how cocky uh, Petch is with his hands down low like that." And it's like he would only have his hands like down by his hips when he looked like he was at kicking range, and at uh, that range he knew that like any high kicks he could just like rely on his eyes to be able to lean back out of the way of, and like body kicks it just his hands were just there to jam any kicks that were that were going towards the midsection. So Yotan like really struggled to get any offense off at that range. And then, you know, you see the awareness as soon as and Clark comes into boxing range that uh, Petch will bring his hands up and start working his guard. And then he'll like, you know, he's really good at, like you were saying, he's got that nice, like more of a boxers jab, which he's also very good at using defensively. And he can jab into like, into his long guard and into clinch entries. It's, it's all sort it's of all really nice, like flowchart. Of stuff that all just like works together and makes it hard to get clean offense off against him at any range
0: yeah I assume Talanchai's punches are gonna do like zero damage um maybe the cross cause Talanchai's good at angling that
1: cross and he's incredibly um, fast
0: oh yeah that's gonna pose a problem pets fought fast guys like Petrosian for example um I think Chai's kicks are going to be the deciding factor for Howard's success. Yeah. And Pets insists on punching is going to be his biggest success. Um, I also think that Chai is going to catch Pat's body kicks. Because it's such a, a present um, tool in Pat's game. And it's going to be interesting how Pat's going to build off of that as well. Um,
1: yeah, particularly just seeing how, you know, all of the struggles that Petch did have with uh, Jimmy Vignone in his last fight all seems like a lot of stuff that Tao and Chai is very well poised to uh, replicate, but, you know, also be able to meet Petch in the pocket and in the clinch and, um, you know, be able to handle him more consistently off the back foot and, like, not just not let the fight like run away from him the way that uh, G- Jimmy Venu uh, did in the later rounds when Petch actually started making good adjustments um, like yeah the way that Petch was constantly getting his uh his entries interrupted with just like just just low kicks and and um, he and then he could never get his own kicking offense off because he would he would he yeah, he would just get he would just get dumped off of off of every off of like every left body kick that he tried. Um so yeah, I can just see him like I can see him getting teeped while he's like coming in with, with his own kicks and jabs and stuff a lot. Uh like we were saying, I do think his like his own lead hand and reach is gonna be his um his best asset in this fight. And his yeah, his like his versatility with his lead hand, and the, the way he can hook off of his jab, and the way he can stick more behind a volume just of of jabs with like more variation in in like power and rhythm. Um, just uh, <clears throat> I can see just having a lot of reach and being a southpaw with a good lead hand being an issue for Tawanchai. Um, and we, of course, have seen him get stopped once by a Chinese fighter who's the name of which escapes me, but who w- was able to just kind of um, clap him with uh, right hooks on the end of exchanges. Um, all of that being said, um, I kind of think chai is going to win like extremely easily. <laughs> but anyone who... Uh, listen to my show the last time I talked about Town Chai or has even talked to me once for any amount of time knows that I'm literally uh, in love with Town and Chai and I wanna kiss him on the mouth. I
0: think I pretty much agree. Tao and Chai's kicking, I think, will be the the factor on who wins, the decider on who wins this fight. Pet's insistence will make it competitive and uh he could win with his punches and his his insistence, but I think um how kicks are just going to be the, the deciding factor for this this fight? That's for the 161 um, main card, and now the main card for uh, main kickboxing card for Amazon Prime Two is Superbon versus Typhoon Ozkan. It was originally a more competitive fight in my opinion with Chingus Alazov versus Superbon, but Chingus had to pull out.
1: Yeah, it's a real shame we lost that one because that was a truly tantalizing matchup. That was a true... After Cengiz Alisov's performance against Chai in his last fight to uh, win that tournament. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll still get that fight in the future, particularly because um, I, I, I don't want to give the game away or anything, but I think Superbon is going to win this fight extremely easily. Yeah. Uh, to, not to, like, under underplay Typhon Can who is a solid fighter who was kind of able to, like, annoy Sitichai in that tournament by uh, having a high-mobility style. Sitichai not being that used to being in the big old circle and was somehow able to get a split out of that fight. But, uh, uh, yeah, I kind, of, I kind of think he's just going to get kicked up and like, knocked out probably within, like, three rounds by Superbon. But, but, I mean, talk, talk about it in some actual depth, Spencer.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... That Siddichai was interesting with Typhoon. Uh, it was a lot of Sidichai, uh leading Typhoon into kicks by punching Typhoon and then leading him into the kick. Typhoon's got a really active jab. He's got a pretty interesting hook with his right. It's kind of like a weird, like, tomahawk hook thing. But it's really effective for getting the right angle over your punch or over your shoulder. Um, and his left hook is more tight, I guess. Um, he likes framing when he kicks you, and um, he's got a really active and good lead hand. He finds a lot of angles and stuff like that. He builds off of his lead hand, his lead hook. An interesting thing is, so Superbon obviously is a really active kicker. Um, Typhoon's reactions to kicks varies on the opponent he's fighting. Um, against like Enrico Kell, who's more of a puncher, he was really just shelling up and then... Uh, either staying on the outside or getting on the inside from there. Uh, Sometimes, like, swatting them to the side and getting an outside angle or something like that. Against Siddishai, he was shelling up early, and then later he got more comfortable to enter on the kicks um, with his lead hand and then building off of his lead hand, so he'd start with his lead hand to land something and then work from there. Against Aziz Kala, he was more of, like, kicking with Aziz or... uh, as Aziz was putting his leg down, he would kick Aziz, which are it was crazy kicky performance from him. I think that was because he was just not afraid of Aziz at all. Like Aziz had no power; uh, it was Aziz was just a kicker, so
1: he felt it was a the, good game. This is this is a fight where he does not want to be stranded at kicking range. Yeah. Because um, he was going to get absolutely destroyed. Superbon is lightning fast and fantastic timing with his kicks. And he hides them very well. So, so you know, it, it's as always like the answer is you got you got you got to get inside the kicks and you got to pressure. But it's you know also easily said than done because Superbon has a very nice defensive jab of his own. And like if things get a little bit too frisky, then he'll like just clinch up knee you in the body and then you back out of kicking range and you got to, you got to start the whole thing again. Uh, I'm just not sure that like Typhon kind is like particularly going to be equipped to just like really get, get inside and fuck Superbon up in the pocket.
0: Yeah. I mean to fight Superbon, you have got to like get on top of his kicking game to not let him get as much offense as you can. Punish them with catching, kicking with him, getting on the inside, fainting him out, things like that. Anything you can do.
1: Um, yeah, and kind of the only person who's actually been able to do that in any reputable way for a very long time was Sitichai, because Sitachai is someone who can actually is basically the only like, kickboxer in this division who can actually sustain. Being in a long-range kicking battle with Superbon, and of course, Murat Gregorian has the win over Superbon, where he just iced him in like thirty seconds. Yeah. But that was just a, that was just a crazy knockout. And particularly when you see the fight play out over five rounds, it's like, oh yeah, that was that was like just yeah. Although that's that's a thing that can happen, but it's not a replicable way, even for a nuclear puncher like Murat Gregorian to beat Superbon. So it's just like. Um, it, it, you know, you know, Superbon is most people's pick for the pound for pound number one fighter in kickboxing today. So it's just, it's just like, yeah, Superbon's gonna win because he's really good. He's good. That's all you've got to really a, say. It's very, it's very, reductive, but it's, it's, it's like, true. it's, it's at a point, it's harder to analyze this fight beyond like one of these guys is gonna win because he's better. Yeah. <laughs> So, one of these guys is very good and one of the, and the other guys are the best
0: yeah one thing to like contextualize what that means a little bit is Superbon's shot selection and his varied feints and his kicking game is all really good but what makes it even more unbelievable is his reaction time and how he sees everything it just enhances the effect- effectiveness of that to a point where He's just cracked. He's just cracked. I mean, that's it. Um, I can't see Typhoon building his offense and being able to disway um, Superbun's kicking game. And even if he can get on the inside, Superbun is so effective at staying at one of two positions, either on the outside or all the way on the inside. And when he's on the inside, he fucks you up with knees and... um I can't see Typhoon having much success with his, even with his lead hand or his like, he's fairly good at finding uh, angles and stuff. But that's you—you you usually have to give him some room so that he can find those angles. Like against Enrico Kell, Enrico, he would sit there with his high guard and uh, look for his own offense and stuff like that. And Typhoon did a good job timing Enrico Kell's one too early. Um but Enrico Kellwood fell up for a lot of it, so Typhoon got time to figure out where to get his shots in and things like that. I don't think he's gonna be able to do that against Superbon.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's it's uh, just a treat to see Superbon compete, no matter who it's against. You know, the run he's on at the minute is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm sure we're still gonna get that Jenga Alazov fight at some point in the future. We have to So should be fun yeah well, what's the next one then
0: so it's capitan versus aliverdi ramazanov
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> spencer explain to me uh any reason okay so of course this is a rematch um explain to me that there's any reason to expect ramazanov not to get completely sunned again <laughs> um
0: i don't know is just like The most frantic looking dude in his fight. Like, he looks like he's terrified. And it it looks... When Aliverdi fights, it looks like a home invasion. Like, the way he fights is so urgent. And, like, he's about to get hit. And he's, like, fighting for his life. And it looked... (laughs) It was just so stupid. The first time he fought Capitan. The only thing I could say is... Maybe he's just... Typically more low output when it's a kickboxing fight. This one's a Muay Thai fight, so he's going to have the MMA, you know, like, what, what is it, four-ounce gloves or whatever the fuck? He's going to have that for this fight, so maybe he's going to be higher output and he's going to starch Capitan after after their first fight.
1: I guess. I probably like, should I mean, Cap Capitan is just, like, he's one of the most effective like cage cutters I've ever seen yeah. in one championship, particularly for pressure fighters who come over from fighting in a ring and have to make it work in this. Captain just has no issue just like walking you down and kicking the shit out of you as you're trying to exit, <laughs> even in the big old circle. Um, and, and oh, he's going to be allowed to clinch in this yep. fight, which is going to be going to be great. Like, um, which I'm sure is just going to make fighting a lot easier for him because <laughs> he's not even that... Because yeah, he's not even that active a clincher. It's just the fact that in that Akamoto fight the 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 ref was literally racist towards Thai people really? and no matter if there was any tie- up then capitan would get warnings because it to the point that he was getting warnings for frames which is the opposite of holding mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like trying to create distance like that guy and it, and yeah and it just like it was clearly like throwing off his shot selection and his defense um so uh he, Yeah, we're just going to see Capitan back in his element against someone who he knows he's already killed extremely easily um, and without the worry of the ref giving him weird warnings for completely legal tactics.
0: Big bald-headed racist bitch. Fuck that guy.
1: Also, Capitan's great because he just like he's just tiny and insists on fighting a high weight class that with that is clearly too big for him, and he doesn't cut any weight to make at all. He just doesn't care, and he just kicks the shit out of people who are way bigger than him. Just vibes.
0: Um, I mean, important things that Oliveri should do is like get on top of Capitan's um, leg kicking. Uh, Punish Capitan's leg-kicking as quick as possible. He needs to dissuade them early because that's what did him in the first time. He just got leg-kicked the fuck up. Um, He was biting on a lot of Capitan's fates as well. Um, So, just have a backbone. That's all. (laughs) Capitan's starches. I, I don't even...
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult for... This is crazy to me that Ramazanov has a win over Pech Marcotte, who we were talking about earlier. Um, you would think that there there could be something there to replicate of just, like, staying busy and annoying. And it, it was a very, like... I don't know, like, Jackson Wink performance. A lot of just, like, weird leaf blower kickboxing and, like just wacky moves. The patch kind of just didn't respect because like, he didn't feel like he had to, but just ended up losing on volume. But also just kind of, uh, I don't really see, see that even being an issue here because Petch has never really been the kind, I mean, even though he will pressure, like, a, like I was saying earlier, it's more in the mold of like, An aggressive counter puncher who wants to stay in range to punish you for putting yourself out of position, rather than someone who is actually just going to push you into the cage and kill you. Um, that's just what Capitan does. So yeah, he's just going to do that again.
0: So does does Nick Diaz beat (laughs) Petmartin? Does Nick Diaz?
1: That's
0: that's like in what rule set? just MMA glove kickboxing <laughs> He doesn't I'm going to say that because I want
1: to say I want to say no but you made me think about it It's worth thinking What what version of Nick Diaz are we talking about
0: Let's say the best Nick Diaz is Prime Nick
1: still just get kicked a lot He I it made I me think be able to do jiu Anyway
0: yeah Captain like, a big part of his skill set is um, using his kicks to feel you out, get your reactions, and then build off of that. Capitan does great work with the leg kick, like, mixing it within combos as well as using it as a probing tool of sorts. Um, he gets great damage off of that. That that was one thing that really served him in the Oliverity, um, Oliverity fight. Another thing is you just don't have to, like... Although Alvarado's punches are in your face and they, I'm sure they hurt, he's not a hard hitter, even in MMA gloves. Um, and I think that's a big part due to his footwork, which is like a blitzy, um, like in your face footwork. But it's not; he's not like bearing down to get get um, power from it or anything. Um, he also uses Alvarado uses his teep well. Um, he used it against Pet Morikot well to get range. He'll also use it to enter range too. Get you on the fence or get you on the ring. And then enter range from there. Uh, and it's a good um, feint for when he's trying to get in range as well. But I think we both know Oliverity's going to get starched most likely. Next we have Murat Gourin versus Jamal Yusupov. Um, this is originally Typhoon Azkan versus Murat. Which was... Way better. Um,
1: that was going to be, yeah, and they just so... they just moved Ty- Typhon up when, uh, which is so lame. when uh, yeah, because like it, cause now we've got a super pond squash match kind of either way, but we lost what what would have been a real banger in Marat Gregorian versus yeah. Typhoon can. Maybe this replacement guy will surprise me. I'm just going to admit that I didn't get time to do any tape on this guy and just assume that Mur- Murat Gregorian is probably going to knock him out.
0: Yeah, i say that's pretty likely. Um, Jamal likes the hand fight, which is good. Uh, I don't think it's that good against Murat. Is he a, is he a southpaw? I believe so, yeah. Oh, Murat's not going to like that. <laughs> Murat's not going to like that. He's also not going to like... Um, Jamal's like choppy left body kick it's perfect for getting under Marat's guard Marat doesn't even fucking block body kicks half the time anyway um, but Jamal like one fight that he had was against Joe Natawatt. Um and Nadawat was having a lot of success mixing his punches and kicks Joe was also like indulging in the hand fight a lot Jamal was having success with that left body kick but I think uh, for the most part For the most part, Morat's just going to close the distance, which he does really well. Find a lot of success with his lead hand, like every other fight he has. Um, He enters range off of that. He also enters range off of his rear rear hand to land the left. Um, He's got a lot of variations with uh, finding angles and things like that. Um, I think Morat's going to work pretty quick to... You know quick to building off of that left hand like he always does uh and the only real success I see is Jamal with his uh left body kick he's he's not a hard puncher really um and he he's got kind of a blitz style, which I think Murat deals with fine, and Murat's gonna be kicking that inside leg of Jamal like he usually does uh after Jamal kicks, that's a big thing Murat does, is uh, if you're kicking him, and he sees you're kicking him, he'll start kicking your inside leg. Um, I didn't get much uh, time to watch him either, but I think it's a pretty solid Murat win, for sure.
1: Obviously, Murat Gregorian, huge puncher, really aggressive with his combinations. Um, Has he ever beaten a southpaw body kicker, Superbon. <laughs> Superbon's not southpaw.
0: Oh, he's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um,
1: no, and then Marat he lost to Asit uh, Chai nineteen times, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, uh, lost lost to Jodt and just because, like you said, he doesn't block body kicks because he just relies on having fucking concrete abs um, and, um. He just like struggles to get exchanges going against like people who just want to keep their distance in open stance. That being said, Sir and Yolton Clyde like two of the greatest fighters of all time. So.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, another person uh, yeah. to bring up is serhii Adamchuk. I think he was a southpaw. Um, if you watch that fight, it really shows Marat's ability to pressure and cut the cage. Uh, but he was having a Big trouble um, with Serhii's kicks. Um, Serhii was really doing a good job of leg kicking and body kicking uh, and then exiting, either left or right. Um, and Serhii was doing a good job, for the most part, of blocking anything when he was on the inside. That's something I don't think Jamal has, is uh, an in, like inside defense. Um, he likes the outside. And I think Morat's going to going to be able to put on enough pressure to get on the inside enough to find enough success to finish him. But I think Morat will have some trouble with uh, Jamal's ability to uh, kick on the outside and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, the next one. I mean, this is just the next one in the order that we're talking about. I have no idea where these are placed on either of the cards. Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, I mean, I'll just watch all of it and I'll just I'll just fucking watch some MMA and I'll just deal with it and all the good fights will happen eventually. But, um, yeah, uh, Sang Mani is fighting Zhang Long. Uh, Sang Mani, I believe, 2019 Fighter of the Year in Thailand. Um, he's a really kind of a, a patient, methodical pressure fighter who... Um, you know rather than just like trying to try and push you back with like a f- aggressive forward movement really tries to like trap you like with his footwork and like uh put put you in uncomfortable positions and like uh, really good at playing with distance and like like uh keep keeping his opponents back to the ropes and then like making them think that That he's like just far enough away to kick, and then as soon as they start loading up on a kick, he just blasts them with a straight. And as soon as they try to like get away, he just like cuts them off with a hard kick. Um, Yeah, just uh, yeah, like I say, really really good at like keeping people in uncomfortable positions and and constantly playing on that sense of distance to land hard counters. Um, He has had a. kind of rough couple of years which is a, not an uncommon thing that we see with uh, TIE fighters because you know they start so young and have such active careers that a lot of them do tend to drop off physically uh, worrying the young age and I think we've just seen Sangmini's confidence kind of be he's just really had his confidence affected by a couple of like, bad knockout losses Um so I'm just never quite sure what to expect from him. Expect from him at this point, and particularly him having a style that really relies on on like staying in range and winning exchanges. It just constantly puts him in danger, and we're in tiny gloves. And I think, and you know, him him being like such a dedicated ring cutter, and I don't think he's ever fought in the circle. At least I couldn't find a fight of him in that because he's fought several times in one championship for events where they had a ring, which is what they should do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know a ton about uh, Zhang Shenglong, but I know he will hang around in the pocket and try, and try and find countenance in those exchanges, which could get spicy for Sangmini, but I just feel like he's he still should be able to take this one pretty comfortably, but I don't know what do you, you think about this, Spencer. Yeah, I mean,
0: you could do like a whole podcast on Sangmini. I mean, like his history is really cool as well. Like you were saying about Muay Thai fighters being so young. He was such a staple of his gym. Like when he was, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody had left the gym. I think it was Sanchai left the gym and he became um, their uh, like prized fighter, basically. And one reason is he won four titles in one year when he was 15. He won the Lumpini nee, uh, 105 belt and the Roger, Roger Dumnern 108 belt. And then the S1 world champion at like 110. And then the uh, the Roger belt at 112. all in like, Which is
1: ridiculous.
0: Yeah, at 15 years old. Um, and then at the end of the year, he tried for the 115 Roger belt.
1: Superlek, it's just but- like to clarify for anyone who like is, isn't into Muay Thai or anything. They don't, they don't have like a, a specific, like, f- like fucking division for people who are of that age or whatever. Yeah. Like you just, you just fight at the weight at that age. It's just
0: like grown man. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he tried for the 115 Roger belt at the end of the year uh, against Super and ended up losing that one. But still that's five belts that he fought at five different weight classes um or four rather um and then early the next year and like three or four months later he fought super like again in a four-man tournament and he beat him um and then yeah um so i mean there's just a lot to say just about his history not just about like his fights which are really the series amazing. with Tawan chai yeah um out of prime he's fighting and chai loses the first one second one he wins um, gets knocked out in the first one,
1: even brutally knocked out in the brutally. first one, and then makes uh, incredible adjustments to win in the second fight against yeah. a horrible style matchup who's bigger than him, who was in his prime. And, you know, yeah, who we know he's an incredible fighter.
0: And just like a little bit about his actual fighting is uh, he's got pretty subtle footwork when it comes to the outside, his footwork gets a little more. Uh, his footwork and defense gets a little worse once you can crowd him and get on the inside.
1: Particularly when you can push him back.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. He's got very really, like Muay Thai punches, which is fine because he fights in Muay-, Muay Thai, obviously. Um they're not super hard. They're kind of flared out and they're kind of pushy. Um, but he doesn't really use them to be like like to hurt you or to damage you really hard. Um he's effective at landing them for have something in your face that you can't ignore to set up kicks, set up elbows, or just getting in the clinch, things like that. Um, And he can hit harder, but that's usually the reason he uses it is to set up other things and to build off of it. Um, Like you were saying, getting backed up against Tanachai was one of those where he was getting swarmed um, and he had a really... uh, He was having success um, kicking to Tanachai's body and then punching off those kicks, which is a really cool thing he does. Tanachai will be holding his kick, and he'll punch off of it. Um, And he does that super effective. It's one him fights. Um, He'll also kick you and then just frame with his leg instead of putting it down. Things like that. Really uh, cool little things like that. I don't want to go too much into it, because I feel like he deserves a whole segment. Zhang, he's more just like a low-output puncher that'll go forward. He likes countering over your shoulder. You'll see him like shell up and then attempt to throw a cross over your hook or cross in an exchange. He looks to time your strikes as you're pulling it back a lot of the times, things like that. He'll throw round kicks to the body and the legs, things like that when he's at kicking range. But he's not really setting it up too much. He'll Faint the kicks to get into range sometimes which is good, um, but he's a lot less active than he should be the last one that we should talk about before we kind of speed run it because this is a bit long, is Su Hau versus Ferrari Fairtex
1: um, yeah, Ferrari Fairtex uh, I mean, it's, a, it's funny just because I mean, I realized I had actually seen him fight um, when I did a bit of preparation for this podcast Um, but when I heard the name Ferrari Fairtex. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I pictured just like a really like mid, like not that good, but really athletic, like action fighter. <laughs> and I, Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, and then I, and then I watched the guy fight and he's like kind of slow. He's kind of just, just like a, a a neutralizing like out kicker he just really likes kind of like uh lead knee teeps and and jabs and just like staying behind those long range shots to be able to uh land like solid kicks off of his left is he a southpaw uh I don't know. no fucking Sorry. southpaws and, uh, yeah, yeah l- l- like hard hard, it. Hard, hard hard body kicks off, off off of his rear side anyway uh, and um yeah, for sure. His, uh, then his, Hansi Howe is just—it's just kind of cool, aggressive counterpuncher. puncher. Um, this is this is one of those like, uh, does the guy just get picked apart from the outside for the whole fight, or does he like manage to put the guy out of position and land one big counter and kill him instantly?
0: I think um, being fucked on the outside is pretty likely.
1: Yeah, it's gonna. It's, yeah, it's like how long does that happen before he finds a big counter?
0: Yeah. Ferraris gets some pretty um, effective elbows, and I could see him...
1: Is this this a Muay Thai fight? I think so. Or is it a kickboxing fight?
0: If it's kickboxing, then... It's probably Muay Thai. Well, if it's Muay Thai, then uh, Ferrari's going to have some success with those elbows, because Han doesn't really put his shoulders up, which could also pose problems for a head kick by Ferrari. Um, Simple cool things Han does is obviously the counter punching, but he doesn't just counter in exchanges with punches. But it's Nong O. Um, although he got owned, he was very insistent, which was good. He was very determined, and uh, he was being kind of just owned. In the exchanges. So he started. Yeah, this is
1: the thing about like, like Nongo is someone who, if you're at long range with him, he can kick the shit out of you, but he can also just meet you in the pocket and win exchanges yeah. c- consistently. So, the, uh, like.
0: Yeah, but one really good thing he was doing against Nongo was uh, moving in on Nongo's uh, kicks. And he was finding a lot of success with his punches off of that when Nongo was like on one leg, things like that. Um, I'm not sure he can really do that against Ferrari because Ferrari's got—he doesn't punch you too much. He likes keeping yeah. the outside. Um,
1: and, not, and Nongo is is like small, and and, yeah. and has has to rely on like having great defense and distance management and stuff. Like, yeah, so there's I, that there's I, that really cool sequence where <laughs> um, in the Hansi Howe's fight with Nongo, where. Uh, like Hansi, how throw he? Like he has a nice idea behind a blitz, where he like throws away a couple of punches into a high kick, and then, um, and then punches off the kick. But he, but like, but Nonga was just like twenty steps ahead defensively, and like like to evade the kick, he like he's like, well, I want to lean back, but I don't have the spine flexibility, so he straight up just falls back and bounces off the cage, and then like has his hands in position to like. Follow up with defensive maneuvers when Andy Howe's like following up with punches off of that. So like, I don't know the Ferrari's defense is that nah. is that deep once once you can get in, inside of his range. It's mostly just like, um, you know, having that annoying long range style and then getting inside the clinch and hitting some knees. Uh, if if, if you don't like what if you don't like what you're seeing, so. Um, yeah, if, like like you know, if if Hansy how can do some some of that stuff to to like throw away stuff to get inside and put uh, put Ferrari out of position. I, I I can see him landing something big and at least like dropping Ferrari if not finishing the fight.
0: Yeah, I kind of mentioned that Han's shoulders are down a lot, but Ferrari's also got that, especially with his hooks. And I could see Han uh, countering over one of Ferrari's hooks or one of his straights or something like that. But yeah, I think I'm just going to pick Ferrari by kickfuck.
1: Uh, yeah, probably decision.
0: Yeah, so a little um, fat boy speedrun. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Raid Opacic versus uh, Giannis Stoforidis. Opacic looks for angles on his punches, uh, even if he's committing like insanely hard like he does. Uh, his high guard serves him pretty well for what it is. Uh Giannis has a lot more tight punches than Opačić does, and Giannis looks for uh, angles with his footwork, whereas Opačić more looks for angles with like his arms and shoulders. And Giannis will look for counters and stuff like th- that, which he'll probably find a few. A problem Giannis has is he can wait more than he should, um, especially when somebody's shelling up, uh, which could give. Opacheech some time to build his combinations. And I, I can really see that as very likely. Uh, Giannis has more consistent, balanced footwork than Opacheech as well, I think. Uh, I, I honestly don't know if it's going to benefit him, though. Uh, because Opacheech could just fucking swarm the, the hell out of him and and get him from there. I forgot about this one. Anissa Mekson versus Dong Kongfa. Um this is one of the worst mismatches I've ever seen. Anissa Mexen is uh a female fighter who uh pushes the pace really hard. Um not like any fighters have the footwork or firepower to ward Anissa off other than like uh the last person she lost to, I can't remember her name. Um she'll use a leg kick to set up punches or just kicks in general to get into range um and she'll enter on your punches she does not give a fuck she if you don't have power she's not going to care um Dong kung fu is garbage she has her chin up she's not athletic she's slow she's going to die um her kicking game is all right it doesn't matter she's going to she's going to die um i think the only other one oh there's two more So (laughs) Araj Azizpour versus Bruno Chavez is is kind of weird. Um, Bruno doesn't have much.
1: uh, Is this the other heavyweight? Yeah, there's
0: two. There's a light heavyweight one as well, which is a championship one. But yeah, this is one of the other heavyweight ones. Araj is like this. He used to be a very fit guy, but I think COVID um, gave him that. uh, What's that UFC heavyweight that got real fat after COVID? jake collier yeah he got the jake collier uh effect but it's fine he does great he's got decent eyes for counter punching um he does does his best to like slip out of the way of punches but sometimes he'll stay too close in a range and then get punched by the follow-up punch um because he's just trying to lean out of the way and he usually fights people that are taller than him at least in one recently uh which is interesting. He's like 6'2", but he fights like 6'5", dudes and shit like that. Um, he works off his lead hand decent amount um, with jabs and hooks, things like that. Lead hooks. Um, you can get his, him to throw less jabs by throwing more. Uh, his jab is kind of like his range finder, and to keeps something in your face, but if you're throwing, then he's going to stop throwing that jab to look for counters. Um, he'll also give him give you his leg kick uh kind of just to give you something at range. Um but he's mostly a counter puncher is his favorite thing. Um Bruno Chavez is hittable in the clinch um but he's long. I think he's like six five and he's fighting a Raj, he's six two. Um he likes to post on your head as he does leg kicks, which is decent. Uh it's gonna be good against a Um Bruno will kind of square up after a cross, uh, usually because he's trying to get in the clinch or so he can exit. Um, And he likes to draw your guard up with punches and then either into the the clinch for a knee or post on your head uh, for a leg kick or a head kick, like I was saying. Um, I I honestly don't know how this... Bruno Chavez is probably going to win just because he's big. He hits hard. I could see him figuring a raj out decently but i like a raj more um and then the last one is uh roman criclia versus guto inocente i think that's a uh light heavyweight um championship fight um roman his arms are so long he's got like monkey proportions like the, like gibbon monkeys where it looks like their arms were like added onto them after not having arms for most of their life. Um, he's a Ukrainian dude. Uh, he fought in karate growing up. In 2008, he gained the title of Master of Kickboxing in a youth tournament. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's all you really need to know. He kicks off his, his 1 2. He'll build kind of off 1 2 in general, like sticking that jab in your face, maybe doubling it up. Um, varying his rear body to your body and head, which is really good. Maybe throwing like a one two with no power, a little bit slower, and then kicking off of that. He's honestly really cool. Uh, he builds, which is good, especially for a light heavyweight guy. It's, it's cool to see. He does a lot of feints too, um, whether that be from like dipping his head and rotating around to look for angles. He also uses that as kind of a feint to make you expect a punch. And then Guto Innocente, he's fought a lot of people. He's fought, um, what's, who's the glory light heavyweight champ? I don't fucking know. Rico. Rico Verhoeven. That dude. That bastard. He fought him. He lost. Um, he was, he's, he's kind of random. He was expected to face, uh, Gian Vellante in 2012 in Strikeforce. Yeah. Um, but the card was canceled. Um. 'Cause the needle mover, Gilbert Lundez, was injured. So, you know, they had to cancel the whole thing because of it. Um Gutos actually he debuted <laughs> in the UFC uh like a year after that.
1: Um this is a kickboxing. Yeah,
0: fight. he was going to, but uh he had to pull out because there was a double injury. Him and his opponent got injured. Uh and he actually got injured by Overeem. Uh and that was why Overeem ended up leaving or got kicked out of the black zillions and then the following year he fought Derek lewis and got tko'd and then uh after that he got submitted and then he was released and then he was like okay i'm going to kickboxing i don't like these people i don't even like need to really talk about his tools that much he's a very insistent guy he looks to get into the clinch um i feel like he should get fucked up by roman pretty hard like it, By the second round, Guto looks like he's on the verge of a heat stroke. I think Roman's gonna keep him at range. he might be swarmed, and Guto might knock him out from there. Um, But yeah, likely Roman will win this one. Hopefully. I don't like Guto. That's pretty much the entire
1: card. Cards. (laughs) There's two of them in one day for some reason.
0: Yup. Starting at 12am my time, and then ending at like 10am. So, that's gonna be fun bye subscribe <laughs> to the patreon support um eggy and um bye that's a Bye. i get the, get out of here